Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Laugh. It is Songs in the Key of Laugh. We're in episode seven of a second series, and what a joy it's been, David. It has. I just love it when I spend all my time with you, Cozy. <laughs> but that doesn't sound doesn't sound very sincere to be honest no 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 genuinely i do i do love <laughs> spending time with you <laughs> <laughs> well that's lucky because we're doing a podcast together i know right crazy <laughs> on this week's episode we're going to be discussing international comedy in the shape and form of the country of ireland uh, you know ireland fiddles guinness dancing singing i'm sure there's more to the country the than just that potatoes oh, the, and that's it the elderly. <laughs> the elderly we've also got our comedy song competition submissions oh it is a competition isn't it phil so no it's a contest <laughs> did i say competition you did indeed ah! Ah! we'll also be writing our musical which i'm very much looking forward to and we've got an amazing guest who happens to be irish does he really yeah it's the wonderful fred, fred cook, cook. So then, yeah, I started uh, using guitar and it, it changed. It changed the shift for me because uh, I was because I'm such a high octane act uh, that uh, the, the guitar uh, allowed me to channel energies or the piano in the right way. Do you know what I mean? Because right. you can't. The nice thing about musical comedy is uh, no matter how high octane you are or your time is off, uh, you have to stick to a beat. <laughs> you have to stick to that beat. Yes, right. Yeah, right. So it, it's sort of like an anchor that brings you back. The... Uh, completely that's it. it it slowed me down and, yeah. and, and focused me uh so so that's it joe and i've, I've never turned back now the irish comedy scene has given us so much entertainment over the years we've had uh tommy tiernan who i believe is probably one of the finest comedians working in the world today he might be one of the best comedians that has ever lived and i i know tommy and i love you tommy but there's there's no one that comes close to the storytelling and the magic of that guy there's jim owen who's a Northern Irish comedian, also fantastic, does sort of observational stuff, plays some songs. Maybe we should get him on the podcast. That'd be great. Also, I mean, on telly at the moment, you like all the time, you've got Ashling B. Oh, yeah. Ashling she B. is sensational. Yep. Such and, a funny lady. Yeah, and a great actress. Absolutely. And and uh, and Dara Brian. He's on, he's on every channel every day. Sure. And you've got new, all the new people like Joanna McNally who's yeah. selling out the Palladium in minutes you've, and then you've got all the old school people like uh, Ardlo Hanlon was on Father Ted of course absolutely and yeah. that was one of your favourite shows Father it, Ted it was it used to be it used to be yeah. what's Can't... the song uh, oh, oh My Lovely Horse <laughs> I love it it's a great song yeah So Ireland has given us, Ireland has given us all this, and I wonder, what, what is it about the Celtic philosophy that brings out this love of singing, of music, of dancing, of drinking? I mean, it's just a very, I, I think hedonistic is the right. I mean, crazy mix of Catholicism and hedonism gives us this mad, mad sense of humor. Um, it's fa it's fascinating. I I always this is my theory is that it's magic mushrooms. <laughs> That's your. <laughs> I mean, it can't just be that. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of magic mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> there must be. It's green. Yeah, there must be. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been to Blarney? 
I haven't, no. You should go. Should I? Yeah, you should kiss the stone. Should I? Actually, I was told by someone, never kiss the stone. I, I mean, I can imagine that seeing as so many people have, it's not a particularly COVID safe place. <laughs> oh, that's true. I've never thought of it like that. Wear your mask and kiss the stone. I actually, I, I've had some of the best, I've had some of the best nights of my life in Ireland. Um, you know, just the, just the, there's just a, some, there's something mad, there is something magical about the Emerald Isle. My favourite thing about Irish songs is that they tell beautiful stories. They do tend to have this great lyrical content, yeah. They do. And and it's in in English often. Which does help. Well, I know, but it's not even in, but it's a second language to the Irish. That's very true. I I didn't think about that, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, one of one of my favourite examples of of an interesting rhyme in uh, in an Irish song is in Molly Malone. Mm. Are you familiar with that song? Uh, in yes. Dublin's fair city, where the girls are so pretty, I first set my eyes on sweet Molly Malone. No. That, that, that's, that, that could be in that key. Girls uh, <laughs> are so pretty, I first set my eyes on sweet Molly Malone. As she wheeled her wheelbarrow through the streets broad and narrow, crying cockles and muscles alive, alive, oh. Now, the second verse of that song yeah. is, about, um, is about her occupation and her uh, parents' occupation. Right. And she was a fishmonger, well, and sure, twas no wonder. Wonder? Wonder and a fishmonger. Oh. I never. I don't think there's any other song ever that has rhymed fishmonger. No. With anything else. Oh, there, there was that one that I wrote that goes. I was a fishmonger, but I'm not any longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's just silly. Well, obviously, when we were in Corkney Juice Pigs, or I was in Corkney Juice Pigs, I was in the group with. Sean Cullen, Sean Cullen and Greg Neal. But those are two big Irish names. And they were both of Irish descent. And I'm of Irish descent because my family were from the area of Donegal on my uh, grandparents' end. Uh, so we loved Irish music. In fact, Sean used to sing one, When the Moon, When the Moon, I think. And it was about being kidnapped by the IRA. Uh, oh I think something like that. But my favorite one was this one, The Miners. Down in the mine, it's dark and it's damp Your legs will be bent and your buttocks will cramp Dust will get into your eyes and your pants And make your underwear filthy Hail the miner! Hail the miner! Hail the miner! Hail the miner! Hip! Down in the mine, it's dark as it's night Our helmet's too big and our boots are too tight We drink beer all day and we throw up all night And wake up and do it again! Hail the miner, hail the miner, hail the miner, hail the miner. Another Irish song that uh, that's quite popular, and uh, I often get to, uh, I often get asked to play this one. Is whiskey in the jar? Do you know yeah. that one? No, I, I don't know if I do. Okay, um, it's it's basically it's about um, it's about somebody being held up, and then uh, the chorus is "Musha ring," that's literally it. "Musha ring, dumma do, dumma da, whack for the daddy ol," as in hit him. Uh, there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, yeah, whack for the daddy ol, whack for the daddy ol. There's whiskey in the jar. Right. Um, but again, it tells just tells a lovely story. I'm going to play one. Um, which is another one, a very famous song, which is called uh, The Wild Rover. Do you know it? Yes. Yes. So I'm going to give that a go for you now. Um, I'll just get the right key. I think that's about right. Here we go. I've been a wild rover for many a year And I've spent all my money on whiskey and beer But now I'm returning with gold in great store And I never will play the Wild Rover no more And it's no, nay, never No, nay, never, no more Will I play the Wild Rover No, never, no more I went to an alehouse I used to frequent And I told the landlady my money was spent 
I asked her for credit She answered me nay Saying custom like yours I can have any day And it's no nay never No nay never no more Will I play the wild rover No never no more I took from my pocket Ten sovereigns bright And the landlady's eyes opened wide with delight She said, I have whiskies and wines of the best And the words that I told you were only in jest And it's no, nay, never No, nay, never, no more Will I play the Wild Rover? No, never, no there's, there's more verses, but there you go. You get the idea. It's a lovely story about going to going to the shop and buying alcohol. So I thought the Wild Rover was a Dubliner song. Well, it is a Dubliner song. It, it uh, is, but it's I, it's much older than that. Right, and I thought they had penned it, but actually, there. This is, it goes back to what the 1500s, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, earlier? about 500 years back. But for, yeah, I mean yeah. that. I mean that's exceptional. It's a drinking song. It's a novelty song. It's a comedy song, technically. Yeah. Um, and it's lasted 500 years. I mean, I my God, I'd love to have written something that lasted 500 years. You never know. You, maybe you have. Maybe the only gay Eskimo will, you know, still be... You think it'll be like the Wild Rover? You never know. <laughs> in, in a few hundred years, if, the, the, if the planet's still here. There'll be a group of Canadian guys in, like, big j- jumpers singing <laughs> The Only Gay Eskimo. I'm the only gay Eskimo. <laughs> you never know. They might. Now, it's hard to go beyond modern Irish musical comedy without mentioning the Rubber Bandits. Cause it is. Yeah, very true, two, yes. Two guys from Limerick, uh, Blind Boy Boat Club and Mr. Chrome, I think they're called. Right. Uh, they wear plastic shopping bags on their faces. They do. They're incognito. They started as prank phone callers and then moved into musical comedy. Um, I- I'd never heard of them until you uh, just as we were starting out this podcast, you sat me down in the pub and said, right, have a look at these guys. Yes. And they were so good. They've got great songs like I Want to Fight Your Dad, Up the Raw. <laughs> um, I mean, they, these guys are like satirical. But also the thing I love about the most is Blind Boy Boat Club, who's got an amazing, amazing Twitch stream as well. Um, it, he's he's really political and he's really but he's sound and he's and he's progressive and he's thoughtful and he's eloquent and i think it throws people for a loop to have this like horribly satirical funny uh clown also come out with some really straightforward ideas about you know abortion and trans rights and all the stuff that ireland is dealing with at the time so i'm a huge fan of these guys my favorite song of the rubber bandits is the uh there's a black guy in my gang which is watch the video it's it's, it's absolutely hysterical it's very it's funny really really funny i think my one of my favorites and this is uh the one that's had about 21 million oh, views yeah. right um uh, this is a song called horse outside horse. yeah there's a horse theme with this there is father yeah. ted and yeah, there is the rubber bandits. This is horse outside. <laughs> that is the rubber bandits and horse outside. Go and check them out. Comedy song competition submissions have been coming in fast and furious, and we have a delightful one this week. We have picked the Buttlift Bossa Nova by Solfa Carlisle and Alison Arnop. Ooh. Lift, pass up. 
going to write a musical aren't we philip well we are going to continue with our improv musical called a monsoon or <laughs> maroon desert, de- maroon or no, de- no, desert no, island dicks the maroons the maroons as in you why you silly maroon <laughs> <laughs> who are you calling a maroon I, I don't know who are you calling or a desert maroon. Dicks. so we've got the dictionary here so what's happened is the uh, boys dave and phil our heroes have been uh shipwrecked on an island and they've been picked up by a ghost ship and the captain of the ghost ship has want, wanted them to audition for the show, whatever that show is. I don't know, I don't know if we know. It's we don't like know a, yet. It's like a musical within a musical. Yeah. Um, and and on the mainland, um, David and Phillips. Whose fiance is it? It's my. It's my fiance. Oh uh-huh, yeah. When but I say mine, I mean David's. But her father. But her father. Her father would rather she run off with Philip. Yes, because he's got his so money op- and two legs. So as you know, what we do. I open the dictionary. Actually, I turn it the other way around so I can okay. read it. Okay. Here we go. The dictionary is being played with. Opened. It is open. What is the word, Phil? The what word is the word? Is sumo. Sumo. Right. Okay. So, um, and where, are we going to be back? Are we going to go back to the mainland now? I don't, or I don't know. so so well they're on the ghost ship so they've managed to they've managed to kind of secure themselves a ride so maybe we should go back to the mainland did and they see, pass the audition did that well maybe okay so should we go back there i don't know because that just seems very linear to so go back to the audition maybe we need to go back to the mainland and let's see go what's back happening. to the mainland the, da- the dad's losing his mind because all he's thinking singing about something <laughs> that's it and we so, don't know what it is okay cool so we're going back to the mainland and the daughter we don't have given her name yet so well let's work that out sumo <laughs> that could be her name here we go right um music so it's like the mainland theme kind of thing yeah i need something to take me away to take away the gray to show me a way to show it how i can to see what i say what will i do i'll do it today i'm gonna take sumo lessons (laughs) and learn how to wrestle a big man in a ring wearing nothing but a diaper if only i could sing I miss my big sumo, my David, he's washed up on a shore, even though I don't know that yet, cause we haven't got that far in the plot. Sumo, sumo lessons, how will I know I can overthrow this grief? I'm gonna take my sadness by the pants and throw it out of the ring like a great big sumo king. I'm gonna be the queen of the sumo ring. Sumo, sumo is my name, and sumo is my game. David, can you hear me? 
Let me know I'm not insane. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Do you like competitions? I like competitions. If you like competitions, then please join our Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition and send in your submission for the competition to songsinthekeyoflaugh at gmail.com. That's songsinthekeyoflaugh at gmail.com. Join our competition. It's the world-class international section <laughs> guest of honor <laughs> what? interview. When is it world-class? Because our next guest is from the other part of the world. Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> and our guest is Fred Cook. The guest on today's it's show guest. is someone you might know. You and if you don't, that's your own fault. But you'll know them soon. You boy, you will. This jingle has been personalized uh-huh. for a guest that we hope that you recognize. Uh-huh. And this week their name is Insert Name Here. It's Fred Cook. It's Fred Cook, everyone. Oh, my God. I think this is Chortle named you Ireland's most unique comedian, which goes a long way coming from a country like Ireland, which is full of uniqueness. Uh, oh, yeah. You are, you are the unique Fred Cook. Welcome, Fred. Uh, Hi, thanks Fred. so much, guys. How are you? Yeah, it's so, really good. This is David, Fred. It's lovely hey, to David. meet you, Fred. Yeah. So, and congratulations, David, as well, on your, on your seven. Have you a seven-week-old? I do have a seven-week-old. Yeah, yes. wow. Yes. Wow, Thank brilliant. You. Yes, I can. I can see the tiredness in your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then yeah. and, and, and um, she and she looks exactly like you, David. Does she? Yeah, tired. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, no, she, she looks really well rested yeah. and well fed. <laughs> Bearded. Um, <laughs> uh, Fred, it's amazing to have you on the show. Um, I, 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 I've, I've had quite a. Uh, good look at lots and lots of your comedy and it's re- really wonderful to have you uh, have you on with us um, I want to start right back at the beginning if that's alright Phil go back to the beginning I'm going to go back to the beginning back to life life back, back to, to reality, reality. <laughs> yeah. so when when did when did musical comedy start for you oh it's do you know when I I started uh, stand up probably in college and I used to just tell jokes at like comedy debates and stuff like that but I uh, I did stand up for two years without a guitar, uh, without musical comedy. And, you know, I, I often feel uh, when you start doing comedy, it's a very dangerous time because you're kind of vulnerable to people giving you advice who don't even know what they're talking about. But you don't even know that they don't know what they're talking about because you're so new to it as well. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, so it's a very yes. dangerous place. It's like the yeah. blind leading the blind. And I, I, I would genuinely have people saying, oh, don't do musical comedy. It's a prop. Don't do it. And I, I, I did fall for it. You know, I needed to see people like like yourself, Phil, or, or Tim Minchin or Joe Rooney. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. uh, like using music to uh, go, do you know what? And like, I've, I've a music degree. I studied it and I still went, no way. I'm not doing it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know what I mean? It was, uh, so it was, uh, so it took, so I started doing musical comedy maybe 2009. You know, right. started how, just bringing how, the guitar. How long had you been doing? How long had you been doing stand up at that point, though? I've been, I've been probably, uh, I've been doing it since. Uh, uh, I can I kind of went full time in two thousand and eight, but uh, right. I was in the circuit around two thousand and uh, late two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, really. Right, okay. And then, uh, 
And then, uh, so over those years, uh, uh, you know, it was just, it was just straight stand up. Yeah. And, uh, so then, yeah, I started uh, using guitar and it, it changed, it changed the shift for me because uh, I was, because I'm such a high octane act, uh, that uh, the, the guitar uh, allowed me to channel energies or the piano in the right way. Do you know what I mean? Because right. you can't, the nice thing about musical comedy is uh, no matter how high octane you are or your time is off, uh, you have to stick to a beat. <laughs> you have to stick to that beat. Yes, right. Yeah, right. So it, it's sort of like an anchor that brings you back. to uh, the... Completely. That's it. It, it slowed me down and, yeah. and, and focused me. Uh, so so that's it, Joe, and I've, I've never turned back. You know, no, you said there, now you said there that you played the piano though. Uh, I've never seen. I've only ever seen you play the guitar because obviously it's easier to carry around from exactly. Gig, yeah, yeah, as David will attest to. Um, are you a pianist first or a guitar player first? Oh, I'm probably if it's recreation and fun, it's guitar. Okay, but uh, uh, probably piano. Uh, it's very hard to say. I think I, I, because on stage at the moment, uh, like on the on the Irish tour that I'm doing, it's literally piano one side of the stage and guitar the other side of the stage, and I, it's it's really fifty fifty. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I think the piano is better if you if you're trying to. Uh, for me, I'd use the piano more if I'm trying to make fun of a musical motive. You right. know, it, it's easier. It's more hands on, uh, li- li- literally, like you know. Uh, so, so yeah, but it's you know when I. Two years ago, I did a tour and I had a tiny little uh, uh, car. It was called a GETZ. I forget the name. Getz, little tiny thing, and right. I had a Yamaha piano in it. I was just I was like nutty on tour. There was no room. <laughs> it was just it was like they get the piano, the Yamaha piano beside me, and I had to put down the passenger seat. And that was like the piano there, and then the guitar was hanging on top of that, and then he was traveling around Ireland. It was a lonely affair. <laughs> like, again, the, the guards and the Irish police would stop me, but they, I think they just felt sorry for me. They let me keep going. You know what I mean? Like, so. <laughs> what was the piano sticking out the back window or something? <laughs> I had to take uh, the boot down the back seat and then the passenger uh, seat. Right. Take almost create a van that wasn't there, and then slide uh, and then slide the keyboard in. Yes. So, I, and I, I put the piano on top of it. I know that. I know that feeling. We've recently <laughs> now, now with the with the addition to, to to our family. Obviously, we've now bought ourselves an SUV because that's the kind of people oh, we yeah. are. We live in the countryside and we have an SUV. But uh, I, I, my gig car is still a Toyota Yaris from two thousand and four. It's so small, and sometimes I have to get a PA system, a full size keyboard, and a drum kit in there because no drummers drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I, I I feel your pain, um, and I'd say I'd say you have it down like Tetris. You know exactly oh, where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One well, thing into one block. When I was traveling with uh, Corky and the Juice Pigs early on, we had a van which co- was called Jesus because it died and came back so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it was held together with guitar strings, and, it, and, it, and, it, and the back seat, the two front seats, the back seat wasn't bolted down. So if we stopped too fast, it would like flip forward, and, or, or, or if he took off too fast, it would flip back. So we always had to have make sure stuff was pressed up against. We carried all of our sound equipment and all of our all of our own equipment to these gigs, these little tiny gigs. Uh, but traveling is fun, but that's that's where musical comedy becomes. That's I mean, and all the musical comedians are listening to the podcast will will agree. You have to be dedicated to that idea. You can't oh, just yeah. swan in, swan in with a little tiny book full of jokes. Absolutely, but I love the process of it to this day. Like I was gigging in Cork uh, last week, and I, I, because I guess we have to, we really have to arrive at sound checks. We can't just run up, uh, and uh, you know, and it's. But I do love the setting up. You know what I mean? Like I'm a four channel comedian. I need two mics, and uh, and then and then one for guitar and one for piano. <laughs> uh, but I've always, which I'm sure uh, you, you you've noticed this that I find a problem with uh, with the with, with being a guitar comedian is. Uh, is uh, the, the 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 nature of the energy changes? It's hard to keep it flowing when you have to put your guitar down and go back to a microphone. Yeah. Do you know, or even when you come on stage to put a guitar on you, it's like it's like you've lost four seconds. Yes. <laughs> How are we doing? Yeah, yeah, that's it now. And uh, well, so. I built I built a way around that by going. Do you guys want to hear some rock and roll comedy guitar music? They go, yeah, and I go, come on, Liverpool, it's Saturday. Do you want to hear some rock and roll comedy guitar music? And in that three seconds of cheer, I've I've got it down so I can pick up guitar and then and then I use the plugging in as a. I feel that plug- is so that is so clever now. I'm plug, gonna I'm gonna have to take that. I plug it in all little I plug it in <laughs> yeah. real sexy towards someone in the audience. It just buys you time. So I yeah, make I've the s- 
make the action of putting the guitar on into a bit of the joke. Or get yeah. the name of the city wrong as well. Um, so Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> Especially when it's Liverpool and Manchester. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> well, I've done that before. We, you must have done that. We've played two gigs, two different places in the same night and absolutely screwed that up. No, you oh, have, you've got that wrong. In Liverpool and... Oh, I've done that before. I've done... I was gigging in Newcastle in the stand uh, just before lockdown. The week before lockdown, in fact. And... Uh, I kept saying Manchester. No, <laughs> this no. is the same amount of syllables. It's almost the same amount of letters. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it's yeah. <laughs> if you get rid of the W, you know. And uh, so it's uh, and the first time I got a laugh because uh, they taught. You know what I mean? I was kind of trying to be, but it's just. Uh, uh, and then the second time around, it started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The and first time like, they think you're just joking, like you know better. Well, new, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jord- Jordy's will put up with that. Max, Max, and. And Scouser as well. Uh, we, I, I, I yeah. did a tour in uh, in Holland, and one of the gigs that we did was in a place called Hoenigen. Um, what was it called? Hoenigen. 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 Yeah. But it's like a posh way to say Hoenigen. Hoenigen. No, it was. Hoenigen. It's spelt like Groenigen. Um, oh, yeah. And and the singer who uh, who was doing one of the sets before me would every night would go up and he would, and he'd be like, "Hello, Groinigan, oh, Groinigan," no. and ah, uh, you just died inside. It's like that's not where you are. Yeah, you're not in that place. And you can see people in the audience just wanting to kill him. That's the same one. With the, I've had one like that. It's in in um, outside Brussels, a place called Yil, but it's spelled G I L. It's it's uh, Dutch. It's like um, Flemish. And they go, and they, they, I'm like, hello, Gil. And they're like, Yil! <laughs> Stop yelling! <laughs> Why are you yelling? <laughs> yeah. About that. So, Fred, when you were growing up, your, your little baby Bubba, you're driving around. Were you, you, did, you, did you listen to a lot of music? Did you, were your parents musical? Did they, did they put uh, on a lot of Yeah, they, they definitely had a passion for music. Uh, uh, mom couldn't uh, uh, like mom wouldn't be able to sing that dad was able to sing but I definitely you know I had an older sister who was mad into 80s music so I guess I got I got a lot of passion for pop music through her uh, massive Michael Jackson fan uh, you know I've seen him live twice so that kind of stuff and uh, so I just loved the 80s do you know and then when yeah. the 90s came <laughs> I had such a, I had such a uh, transformation of music and I, I guess part of it was trying to fit in but I went from I went from I went from Michael Jackson to never uh, I went from Michael Jackson to Nirvana in one week yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that 91 think, period you know like I think that's true for a lot of people though Nirvana swept everything behind it even though I'm a bit older than that so I was a fan of the Pixies and things but I think for a lot of kids Nirvana swept all that stuff to one side this was like grunge was like the the punk of its time wasn't it it kind of all those seattle bands it was like a big time for sort of angry poets was that was that was that how you describe uh nirvana so we know. weren't allowed yeah. to play nirvana at school because everybody played nirvana at school so they put a thing in the uh put a thing in all of the practice rooms saying that you weren't allowed to play it really that along with stairway to heaven um and uh unchained <laughs> unchained melody you weren't allowed to play that right. either my school must have been weird uh, maybe i'm older than you but we were playing you are we were playing suicide is painless <laughs> suicide uh, is really yeah which i guess has a nirvana reference that's from yeah. and that's on the that's on the that's on the mash that's on the mash team isn't it the, the, that is the, the manic- mash Ma- Manic Street Preachers did a lovely, isn't it? Manic did a beautiful cover of it. Yeah. Suicide is painless. Um, that was well. I, le- I learned to play the trumpet. So when I was in like school, school, like young school, um, which is probably where my my love for music started. Or do you do you play multiple instruments? Yourself? I play pi- I play piano and guitar, and I've also I used to bring on stage these plastic melodicas. You remember these kind? They're quite industrial oh, yeah, yeah, instruments. Yeah, yeah they're and, used um, in used in a lot of Jamaican music. Yeah, yeah, and I'd uh, I'd play two at the same time, uh, and take requests from the audience. So it was always, uh, it was, do you know what I mean? It was a good crack. I remember doing it once in Trafalgar Square for for uh, St Patrick's weekend, and uh, it was this English guy in the audience. And uh, I'm sorry for saying that, like as if I'm kind of, uh, you know, like <laughs> this was this English man in the audience. Yeah, but, uh, but but it is, the reason why I say that is because his response to me playing the two plastic melodicas at the same time, he kind of looked at me and he put his hand up and he goes, sorry, mate, 
Wouldn't it not? He goes to me, would it not just be easier to play one? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you're right, I would. You're right. But you're missing the, you're missing the point here. You're missing the, the crack of struggle. No. You know, like, so. Hugh, Hugh Thomas who used to host, uh, the lovely Hugh Thomas, who used to host uh, downstairs at the King's Head for many, many, many years uh, before he retired, used to have a routine where he'd play the recorder and he'd play one different size recorders and play one on each hand. And then he'd, and he'd, and he had a joke where he'd stick the other one up his rectum behind yeah. him and then but he obviously it's it's a recording of that and he'd, and he'd play so, and then he'd have like the, the third recorder going a very funny routine in fact he's not using it i might i might steal it <laughs> you just have to learn how to play the recorder yeah. and you don't think i could play the recorder no i don't i can play the motherfucking recorder we're gonna try that later no yeah. doubt no doubt <laughs> so, so when when did you when did you first pick up an instrument i think uh well, I remember. I remember as a child, uh, maybe f- five or six, uh, uh, playing the piano, uh, but just I'm messing around. Uh, now, obviously, uh, I didn't pick it up, <laughs> and uh, but I was, uh, and my, you know, I was just figuring out uh, uh, pieces of music that my sister would play, for her her grade pieces, and I was like, oh look, that's this is this here, quite simple, you know, uh, arpeggiated notes, uh, gaps, and uh, and then. Uh, and I remember uh, mom noticing that and then she goes, oh, well done. We're going to send you to piano lessons in a good few years. And, uh, you know, and I was like, I, I kind of felt looking back, <laughs> this is the time to send me now. Do you know what yeah. I'm interested? <laughs> Do you know what I'm, because, because the piano then for it, I feel, I, I can kind of see it with my son, the piano to a, to a, you know, to a one-year-old uh, up to three or four. It's not a, it's not a, it's not an instrument that involves that, that's almost associated with education or grades. It's a, it's a toy with buttons. You know, that makes yeah. sounds, that makes sounds. And it's such a, and that's the way I was when I was four or five at the piano. Like, look, this thing makes sounds like any other toy you have in the sitting room. And, uh, you know, so it's that interest, uh, I guess, you know, that look, and it's not a complaint, you know what I mean? Because I was very lucky, you know, like with the, uh, you know, with the, with the education I did get in music. But, you know, I do remember that's my first memory of music is just figuring out uh, melodies, simple melodies, my sister's melodies. Mm. That, that's that's really uh, good to know. So you also you said that you you got a music degree. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, yeah. A, f- a few years after you picked up the instrument. Um, but what what was your degree in? Is it straight music? It's straight music. Yeah. It's a, it's more. It's a. It's I guess it's a BMUS, so a Bachelor of Music. Uh, it's a primary degree, honors primary degree, and uh, it it is in it was in, in University College Dublin. So it was very much a, a, a music. That's a musicology degree. So it's analyzing music uh, uh, through history, uh, how I guess how how uh, it affects how music affects society and society affect music, you know, and yeah, yeah. and the, the the core systems of it. So you know, like from Baroque uh, to uh, to uh, basically Baroque to like Impressionist kind of uh, stuff. <laughs> I think you know, said like, so. I think said the core systems, like as if like as in the cores. <laughs> you can study the chorus system uh, you, you talk to Jimmy I don't know what his name is <laughs> the, 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 the chorus system. Well it's interesting Because I, I have a fascination with Irish music You know um, I'm a big fan of the Chieftains And I, I do I do like the Celtic harp And things like that um, What do you, do you have a theory then Have you developed a theory of your own Why Ireland is such a musical country I mean, it seems to be at the heart of the country. It's the, you know, it's on the on the uh, uh, can of Guinness as a harp. And yeah, what what, yeah. what what is it about Ireland? Is it the Celtic Nick? Like, do you, do you have a theory on that? Uh, I think. Uh, well, I think uh, it's it really uh, with Irish music, uh, especially if you go back maybe like you know two hundred years ago. From what we know from history, I think what I think is that uh, it's explained that music. Uh, it was it was a it was a collective of people, like it was a night art, you know, like before your televisions or radios, uh, you know, it's, uh, and, it, you know, we're not unique to this Ireland, to the rest of the world in ways, you know, it was, but music was like, you listened to it with your feet, like you danced, you danced to it. And uh, it was, so, you know, I just think it's, it was, it's, it's embedded there. And from that, uh, it's, we nearly lost it. We nearly lost our Irish music because it's such an oral tradition. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like mm. you, you kind of you, you 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 learn with your ears uh, with, with with traditional music. Mm. Do you know from from people older than you with with, with a fiddle and a, do you know a flute? So you know we were lucky to have people like uh, 
do you know Sean Arreda, who's like a musicologist as well, who 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 notated all these all this music. It would have been gone, right? Do you know. Right. So I think you know. I also think we're, we're I think we're kind of lucky as well, Irish music, that we have the association of like a jig or like you know like six six quavers to a bar because it's quite a simple thing to have. But you know, it's like people associate with Ireland. Uh, so, but as far as uh, uh, answering your question, Phil, about why is why why is it such part of our uh, uh, our history and and reason. I I think it's just because uh, it's uh, it, it came from uh, it just came from uh, keeping keeping each other occupied and, and amused through through music, and it's it's it's, it's kind of held it it's kind of held itself thankfully. Yeah, I mean I I all, I mean this might be sweeping generalization, but I the comedy, laughter, jokes, yeah. uh, and music. Uh, singing, dancing, going to see a trad band in a pub in the afternoon, alcohol, uh, Guinness being the most, uh, an, an Irish whiskey being the most famous, and and then dance, which is the next logical step. If you put those first three together, yeah. then someone's going to get up and do a little jig, aren't they? And to to amuse each other, it just seems so uh, pervasive in the entire culture that that the, the when I when I play in Ireland and I pick up the guitar to play or in Wales this is true for Wales yeah. as well um you can get the whole audience singing and the audience suddenly have a respect for you because you've learned how to play the instrument whereas oftentimes in in England it's seen as filler people or showing off or something like that and I I just you know it makes it's a huge difference between performing here and performing or performing in Ireland or performing in England I think um, there certainly is a, a respect and also lit literature, the Irish, you know, have some of the greatest writers in history in a second language, ideally, because English yeah. is not the not the language of the people. Um, it it must there must be a thread of it. I just wondered if there was any. <clears throat> is it the weather? Maybe <laughs> it just pisses with rain. So you've got to be indoors a lot. I mean, I don't understand. Well, no, this because <laughs> don't laugh at me, David. This is this is that could be a theory. It could be. It's my theory now. Okay. No, but you're like uh, you're dead right. You know, like in like in you know in the depths of poverty in Ireland. You know, like through famine times. You know what I mean? There was this. There was like uh, there was a need to escape, and the beauty about Irish Irish music. Uh, is that you know you can you can take it anywhere, especially if it's like the fiddle or the baron, uh, the flute. Uh, you know it's uh, I, you know I recently joked about it, but I was I was gigging with Tommy Tiernan a few years ago, and in, <laughs> in the in the Aran Islands, islands just off the west coast, and uh, I met this guy in the audience. You know, typical generic question: What do you do for a living? And he goes, oh, "I'm a traditional Irish player." And I said, oh, cool. And then I says, uh, what do you play? And then he says, oh, I play the piano. <laughs> went, Hold on here a sec. You can't. And he is, you know what I mean? He takes all the modes of traditional Irish music and he puts it <laughs> into the piano. piano. <laughs> and he's, and uh, But then I was, I was thinking about it and I was going, is the piano a traditional Irish instrument? And, and if not, why? And, and what I was trying to say is with the nature of Irish music, you know, and, you know, people listen to it with their feet. And, uh, you know, you could take it anywhere and, and play at any given time. And that was the beauty of it that, you know, I often found if you're like, you know, if you're in the west coast of Ireland, you know, along Clare, along the cliffs there, and you've got the wind blowing in your face yes. and the Celtic wind, and you got this, you got this real love for the Irish music and you go, oh, Finton, come on, get the fiddle out. And then, <laughs> Seamus, have you got that flute? And then you turn around to Patrick. Patrick, you wouldn't have that piano on you, man. You can see it. <laughs> and he rolls it out in his little tiny car. <laughs> and you're like, sorry, I, I <laughs> just compacted the car. Sorry, I thought you were a traditional Irish player. Where's your piano? What's going on here? <laughs> so I've just got a little Casio keyboard. <laughs> with double A batteries. <laughs> so so I, I know, I know um, from from reading up on you that you you had uh you've uh you know you did a documentary about the the book of kells is that right was that what it was about or was that a joke oh no that was a joke i think that was a joke it was called Hi uh, highway to kells oh yeah yeah that was a joke about uh that was a joke i did a show about learning how to drive right and i gave myself six months to you know like to do how old were you i was uh 34 Five. 35 okay. 35 yeah so and uh so but i'm from kells uh county meath right. uh you know so you, you if you so from the book of kells so it yeah. said it'd be kind of highway to kells and uh, but there's a show in ireland uh 
I also use sort of the wordplay as well. Do you know what? I think the saddest bit about this show is the funniest bit about this show is the title. And then I went downhill <laughs> after that. I spent more time thinking about the title. <laughs> so there's a show in Ireland uh, where, where people uh, try to lose weight called Operation Transformation. Right. <laughs> so I, I call don't my look show. look at me. I didn't <laughs> look at you. <laughs> just looked at me. I just, I'm just looking. Oh, what a dick. No, I just, no, I didn't. That's not fair. I, was I just, know it's not that was fair. Just a gentle, you did the look. That was just a gentle, friendly, I'm looking <laughs> over. such a it. <laughs> no, I just wanted to know if you were. I'm sorry, Fred. Please continue. No, there's a reason why you can only see my face. I'm not saying that. <laughs> This <laughs> uh, goes. My whole body fills up the room. You can't see this, but it goes right. It goes like very drastically when you go out there. <laughs> you are like an iceberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh dear. So, uh, so I called. I called my show because I was learning how to drive, and it was Eleanor Tierney who gave me the title. It was uh, Operation Transportation. Right. And uh, and then Highway to Hell and Bra- Highway to Kells because I'm highway from Kells. Kells. Lovely. And yep. that's where the show started and ended. <laughs> <laughs> but you've learned to drive. I have, yeah. And you've been yeah. back to Kells since. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I tried to. Because where, where I live uh, with Julie here and, and Ted, we're in, we're in a beautiful part of the world, but it's very isolated. Right. You know, like, and uh, like, like, thank God, like, we've got good Wi Fi, as you can see. But, uh, so the nice thing about work is that when you are traveling is that you you know you do get to get home and, and see your family and stuff like that. So yeah, lovely. Great. yeah, lovely. Another show that I saw that you did was Dancing Dancing with the yeah. Stars. Mm. Um now I mean what what why? What why po- why what possessed you? I mean I couldn't I couldn't possibly do that. Yeah. I always wanted to do, do you know, I'd be very uh, I'd be very skeptical of anything in our Anything that puts its, puts the name celebrity to it, uh, you know, in media, you know what I mean. And but at the same time, when that, when when Ireland got the franchise for Dancing with the Stars, I, I said to my agent, "I just want to do this. I want to be in it." And I got a I got an email back from her saying, "Listen, you've been put on. You're not going to get it this year, but you've been put on the list." <laughs> do right. it, you know. And uh, so then the next year, the next year, uh, I uh, I got an interview. I got to go in and meet the, uh, the production company. And uh, I was convinced I had it. I was actually, I remember going to a wedding that evening and I was like, oh, oh. I'm so excited. I can't tell anyone. I won't tell anyone because, uh, do you know, that, you're that typical comedy yeah. thing you do that if you got an opportunity, but you have to keep it quiet. Yes. Because uh, you can't. But, oh, yeah. In my head, I was convinced I got this show. And then, uh, no, didn't get it. And because uh, every year they take a, a, they seem to take a comedian, you know, so I was like, oh, they got Bernard, Bernard O'Shea. Grand, fair enough. So then the third year, uh, I just said to my agent, "Come on, let's just try again." And uh, I got in, and I got a, I got an interview with the production company, and I got the show. I finally got it, and uh, so I really wanted it. So, Dave, when you said to me, like, like, like I, I tried for three years to get on it, like, so that's amazing. Yeah, because my profile wasn't that big, and uh, so, uh, and it was, it was funny because I remember, like, I was the year after Sean Walsh. You right, know, like right. so, uh, so, and if you look, we use a lot of the same suits and the same choreography. Do you know, like, right. and I, I often, I often laugh about it because uh, I guess when the Irish show started, <laughs> the media were going, and they're trying to push me on this. They're going to be, oh, who's going to be the Irish comedian to have an affair with his dance partner? <laughs> who's going to be the Irish? Fair, you know, and I, <laughs> I kept saying, you know, well, it's not for the one to try and it's not for the one to try and I tell you that's nothing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the only difference about me and Sean is he was successful. He was successful at it. <laughs> you know, that's, but that's, the, that's amazing. Did, did you did you enjoy the whole experience? I kind of did. I did at the start, and uh, I always says, "My God, once I just don't, once I'm not the first to go, I'll be fine." And then, uh, but then I got to the semi final. So I got, you know, I kind of, uh, I outdid myself in ways, like, you know, and I kind of got the public support behind me on the voting system. Right. Uh, yeah. So, but when it got to that stage, you know, when it got to like the quarterfinals, I knew, I, I kind of felt like a ladder surrounded by Ferraris. I was like, I shouldn't be here. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't <laughs> be. <laughs> and then, you know, and I had musicality and I had rhythm. You know, I just couldn't, I was a bit like a, one of those, I just didn't have to scarcely to connect it up, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, it was, it was, it was, but it was getting through to the next week was unbelievable. 
unbelievable. Like, I've never done cocaine before, but I'd imagine if you could just put that much excitement in you instantly, you know, it was, it was phenomenal. But then it was also the, there's that Tuesday, and it just got so intense. Uh, but I, I, you know, I often, I, you know, I've, I've great heart about that experience looking back. And, you know, because in Ireland as well, like you, when you look at like Dance with the Stars in England, uh, you know, like, and I'm, uh, you know, like there's just like fame, there's massive fame. Like you've over 60 million people in the UK. So, you know, like you can be proper famous. Of, but in Ireland, like we don't, we, don't, we don't really have stars. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone knows each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like I often said you, you should call it like dancing with the cousins or something like that. <laughs> it's just too small of a pool you know so when you go when you go down to the local pub do people like buy a drink there you go fred well done on the well done on dancing with the stars are they uh well do you know it's been it's been three years now so uh it's uh so it's kind of it's uh so the drinks have dried up yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my star my star has entered the big black hole of covid and nothing's happened since (laughs) (laughs) um could could we go we're gonna go back back uh to musical comedy i was wondering what um what uh was a song that influenced you um in your kind of journey to oh i think uh i remember uh, if you go back to uh those years i remember watching the muppet movie and uh uh and uh do you know like man or muppet that song that won the that won a that won an oscar and uh, as you know but uh, i remember going do you know these songs are hilarious but they're quite simple musically but that was written, written by like, that's written by uh one Flight of the, the concords brett from Flight of the Concord. Yeah, yeah 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 so i remember you know listening to those songs and uh going do you know this is uh uh and there's a real happiness in the songs as well. You know, uh, you know, I remember I, I always kind of felt uh, from a lot of musical comedy I, I experienced since uh, before that moment, there was almost, which is fine, there's there kind of a healthy, dark cynicism to yes. it. You know what I mean? There's almost like a Smith song. It was a happy melody with a, with a, with a sadness or vice versa. Do you know, yes. but to be, to be out and out happy in a song, do you know, I, I was thinking mm. like the Muppets, that kind of, that kind of style works. South Park as well, Do you know South Park the musical. Oh, it's so you good. You know, but I hadn't even. It's hilarious, but I hadn't even. You know, I hadn't done comedy then. I just remember enjoying it uh, without. You know, without analysing it too much back then. So, uh, so there was like uh, uh, earliest memories would have been the the juice pigs as well. Phil, do you know watching it on TV? Uh, do you know it would have been like the Channel Four would have been Sean Show, and then seeing mm. you guys and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that. Uh, that was first time I kind of seen uh, that beautiful energy of uh, of 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 a band on stage where where you're almost kind of breaking the energy, the politics of the song and the performance is more funnier than the the song itself. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, know, that was well, part, that was part of the thing that we were we were deliver the presentation would allow us to deliver some very dark commentary. Uh, you know, Greg Neal was is fantastic at writing the darkest songs, but somehow his his lust for life or his just silliness <laughs> yeah, exactly. comes shines through, and and you and you realize it's uh, it almost feels like um, a medication when he does it. Uh, you know, like it makes you feel like I shouldn't be laughing at this, but it's probably good that I'm laughing at this. I'm glad yeah. I'm laughing at this. Oh, this is really <laughs> funny. You know, um, and that was something that he that was a, a sort of a style that he was really really good at and um yeah I, I i wish i could write happy songs i don't think it's in my nature <laughs> i don't know i don't know about that i don't know yeah. that. you bring you bring enough happiness as well but even when i seen you at electric picnic uh dave uh, we've we've, uh, we've a wonderful festival in ireland called the electric picnic it's a uh, big it's, it's like our glastonbury mm. but uh, uh you were on do you remember you were on before tommy tiernan yes uh, yep. in the tent and yep. uh, it was it's a hard room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's and uh, I I seen you come out with the guitar and you did the different you did the different bands imitations of you know the Wonderwall and yeah. you started uh, which I remember I mean, that was one of the things that was really funny with that with the politics of a band where you did Wonderwall and then you just punched the other guy inside you. It was such a quick joke. <laughs> yeah. It was so quick, but it was so funny. I was like, oh, that's that's it. You know? Yeah. So uh, you know, and I, I realized that uh, do you know how. I, I kind of realized then how how powerful music musical can be can be as a vehicle. Mm. You know, it's a, so that you know there were kind of earliest. Were, I'd say the earliest memory for me as a comedy song, if you want to go right back, 
ride back would have been uh, <laughs> when uh, on a school tour when I was like maybe six or seven and we're all on the bus singing Everywhere We Go. People always ask us. I don't know if you remember that no, song. I don't know. Everywhere we go. That's it. Everywhere we go. People always ask us. People always go on. And what, what were your words? Where, where do we come from? Did you not have that song, Phil? No, never had that one. Oh, we well, sing that like terraces. This. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, let, let Fred sing it to me here because I want to hear okay. it. Okay. Well, it went, yeah. I didn't sing it as good as this when you were in 06, but it went, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went, it kind of went, uh, well, this is it. We'd all sing it together and you'd name your towns. We'd be like, everywhere we go, everyone would repeat that. Everywhere we go, people always ask us, people always ask us who we are, who we are, and where do we come from? Where do we come from? Then you'd cut and paste your town. You'd be like, and we tell them we're from Kells, mighty, mighty Kells. And that would just repeat itself. You know what I mean? And the more I repeat, the funnier we get. But I, I remember I remember that song. And uh, I genuinely thought uh, that, that song was specifically written for the children of Kells County Mead. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know other towns had it. <laughs> I was like, I was very proud of the song. Like we're from Kells, like it'd be a fifty-two seater bus. We were singing that song before before we'd left the town, before the bus had started. Do you know what I mean? And, and the bus driver, he would have been from like the uh, the town beside us, and he's still singing it. Do you know what I mean? Like he's still involved. And uh, and I couldn't believe it when I found out maybe two years later, uh, my cousins they were like, oh yeah, we sing it as well. What you sing everywhere we go? That's our song, and I was so surprised because they're from an Irish town called Newtown Mount Kennedy. <laughs> that's like that's We're the from name Newtown of our town. Mount Kennedy. <laughs> I was like, how do you even Newtown Mount Kennedy? I was like, how do you even put that into a song? How do you even get that into a bar? Do you know, we're from Newtown Mount Kennedy. We're from Newtown Mount Kennedy. You look like 52 kids. We're from Newtown Mount Kennedy. We're from Newtown Mount Kennedy. <laughs> We've, uh, I, I go and watch the cricket quite a bit. I'm, I'm a big cricket yeah. fan. And, uh, and I've lived in South Africa. So I would go and sit with the, with the Barmy Army. And one of, one of my favourite chants that we will do with the South African fans is we start off, we go, we've got 15 rand to the pound. we got 15 rand. And then you do it the next time we've got 16 rand to the pound and at that point it was 23 rand to the pound uh, so I th I th there's so much musical comedy that comes out of oh, the, yeah. uh, that that sort of culture it's wonderful um uh, yeah there you go yeah, so I, I just thought i'd throw that one in well look why not but Every some of them i know i give a quote tommy tierney and he had one you know he's from navin and he said his football song, <laughs> it just went, we are blue, we are white, Navin. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> it just, it. No, that was it. We are blue, we are white, Navin. <laughs> now that's I, Tommy's, that's Tommy's joke. He used, that, that, that must be like, God, 25, 20 years old now, you know, so. Uh, they, you know, you know, they're, they're like making... Um, making chants in the stands politically correct now. Oh yeah, have you, have you heard <laughs> about that. this? No. So they're so no. they're stopping no. they're stopping cer certain chants being sung because because they might be offensive. And this is this is things that have been sung for years. So for example, at Tottenham, um, you can't you, you're not allowed now to shout "Yid Army, Yid Army." It's not you know it's not politically acceptable in at all. But it's been sung for so many years that children, you know, they go to yeah, they go to yeah. Spurs and they sing it. But there was one, um, there was one for a footballer who was playing for um, uh, United for Man United, and um, and it was uh, he's our Belgian scoring genius with a twenty four inch penis scoring all the goals, <laughs> bent by his toes, and. <laughs> And, um, but this this is uh, this was Lukaku, and and they said they said it, it was it was uh, racial stereotyping, so you couldn't sing that anymore. So what's that, what was, I'd love to hear the new version of it. I know, right? I, yeah. <laughs> with his very average penis. <laughs> oh, there we go. Anyway, uh, we'll move on from that. Sorry about that. Don't had, sorry. Uh, don't, don't I remember. Uh, I remember we just uh, when I was in maybe ten years, nine years of age. It could be eight. Uh, 
we had a standing teacher for the week, this guy, and he, we learned no Irish from him, no English, no maths. He just taught us like Republican songs for the week. We didn't know, like, you know, so we're singing all these kind of anti-English songs, which was gas because there's this guy called John McGovern who just, who Kel's family, but he just moved from London. He'd read Cockney accent and he was singing these songs as well. So it's like, it was like Oliver Twist, give me pride in my heart, give me service, <laughs> give me what and go all day. Oh, done with the English. <laughs> it's like the Artful Dodger singing, singing anti-English songs. It's like we had to repeat him. Do you know, like consider yourself, give me pride in my heart, give me service, give me service, give me what and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a banana. <laughs> you know? But there are, there, are, there, are, there are moments of music that kind of stick out. As you said, it's a wonderful group sing-song that creates hilarity in those situations, isn't it? Like, it's awful crack. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess that's, we've, sold, we've come around full circle to the idea that it's, it binds people together. Absolutely. Uh, music yeah. in general, but then add a bit of comedy to it. And uh, you've got Irish culture, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I really mean that we've had, I remember having a lock-in with Paddy Kilty uh, in Northern Ireland in um, in Derry or Londonderry, don't say Londonderry, in Derry and the, and the and we it'd be a lock-in after that gig every time we, we played it and the guitar would come out and um, Jackie Hamilton uh, was part of the Moondogs, he would pick the guitar up and we would sing for hours, it'd be like a group of 20 people all singing and drinking and doing what you do when you do a lock-in and um uh, uh, it's just one of those things that uh, bonding moments, things that I'll never forget, really. Yeah. Although I wasn't a, a, a Corky and the Juice Pigs for 10 years and, and now we don't speak, so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, listen. We, we, I, you know I, what? I'm one phone go, call. One phone call right now could change a whole I, situation. It well, it's like a Hallmark it, ad, isn't it? <laughs> one phone call. One phone call, call your friend before it's too God. late. Is this? I was the George 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 Ezra line. It takes one hard second to turn it around. It does. Does it? Wow. One hard oh, second. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Bye, time. guys. <laughs> so, so now, listen, Fred. We always ask our guests to play a little, uh, play a little number, uh, a little acoustic number, play a song for us. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think? Do you have anything to prepare? I for can. Us? Yeah. Hi guys. Here's a song about coming out of lockdown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No more lockdown. I'm never doing yoga on Zoom. I'm never gonna bake that banana cake. I've done my bit for the baby boom. I don't care about meditation. Couldn't give a shit about my inner peace. And I don't want celebrities saying, hey man, we're in this together from their five-bedroom apartment in Nice. <laughs> and I stopped really caring about looking tin, counting every calorie. Oh, lockdown says you don't go to the gym, and that's okay with me. <laughs> that's what I learned in lockdown, there. There, look, just that there. And it works with every song. It works with every song. Don't look back in anger. I heard you say. See that? It works with everything. And uh, so there you go. <laughs> thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much. You are a delight. And I can't wait to see you back over here in the UK. Uh, I know you're coming over soon. And uh, are you on tour in Ireland right now? Is there anything that you... I have two, I have two dates left. Two so dates I'm, left. I'm gigging in my hometown uh, next week. And uh, so all you English people over there want to fly to my hometown. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, and then I'm gigging in Kerry as well. When you play, uh, when you play in Kells, do, do the, does the whole town come out? Do they, uh, care, do they lift you above their heads? Is there no. a statue to Fred Cook? No, I'll never be. <laughs> we've, a, we've a cross of Kells, which is maybe 1800 years old, uh, kind of Celtic uh, design Kells. So, uh, do you know, we have, a, we, have a, we have a statue of Maureen O'Hara. Uh, because she spent time, or her granny was from Kells, so she spent her holidays in Kells when she was a child. <laughs> the, the statue, if you look at it, if you looked at the actual statue, you'd be like, wow, I never knew Sherrod Cole grew up in Kells. My God, like. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like her. <laughs> well, I think some one of these days there's going to be a Fred Cook uh, monument in well, Kells. I hope so. Yeah. Well, guys, if if there is... 
if there is, can we you are coming ribbon? over for the launch. Thanks very much, yeah, yeah. Fred Cook. Thanks, Fred. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Goodbye, adios, farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well. But we have other things to get on with now, so you're going to have to go. I'm sure our paths will cross again, but whoever really knows. It's been fun, it's been musical, it's been comical at times. But now we have to leave you, so goodbye. Goodbye. I can't wait to see Fred Cook uh, roll up into the UK. Genuinely one of the funniest people. He just makes me laugh. I, I mean, from the moment that we started our call... Um, he was just such a pleasure. Yes, he is uh, a bang on it, funny man. And also, I'm not sure if you say Irish national treasure, but he's certainly heading that way. If you'd like to hear more or see more from Fred Cook, why not visit him at his website, fredcookcomedian.com. And that's Cook with an E. Or go to Instagram at fredstercook, that's Cook with an E. Or his Twitter feed, cook at cookfred, cook with an E. Cook with an E. Remember that, guys. Cook with an E. Uh, please keep sending us in your songs for the comedy song competition at songsinthekeyoflaugh at gmail.com. And support our podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash songsinthekeyoflaugh or coffee.com forward slash songsinthekeyoflaugh. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.